0: That is um, one of my all-time favorite choruses. I say that because it's a confession that only he can satisfy. Only him. Only Jesus. And uh, we've all come from different places, different challenges. But it is in that simple message that only he can satisfy no other. No one can do what Jesus can do. And it's interesting that in a time of of turmoil in our world, I want to tell you about the secret of security. The secret of peace is to have security in him. Security in him and him alone. Because we can, we can find security in all sorts of places. But security in him. Effectively seeking God's direction in life. It makes an assumption that God has a plan for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe he has a plan for you? The second assumption is that it can be known that this amazing God has a plan for you and that you can know it. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Does anyone need a Bible? Well, you all need Bibles, that's a stupid thing, but I mean, you can... You can listen to me if you like, but if. Um, uh, and I don't even know the page number in the Church Bible, so. It's, it's not helpful for you to know that it's. Oh, mine's at 876, so we're pretty close. Jeremiah 29, and verse 11, which is the text, is a very well known verse. For I know the plans. I have for you. It's good that he knows the plans that he has for us, otherwise we really would be lost, wouldn't it? Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I'm sure many of us have got that underscored in our Bible. Because there's been times in our life when people have come on and they've got a verse for you and it's God has plans for you. And these plans are to to prosper and to live a fulfilled life. Let me just read. From verse 11. Or four, rather. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because it, is, it prospers. You too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams uh, you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you, and in my name I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Hallelujah. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Amen. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and and bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You may say, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon, but this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and all the people who remain in this city. Your countrymen who did not go with you into exile, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says, I will send the sword and famine and plagues against them. Uh, I don't think anyone's underlined these verses. Uh, And I will make them like poor figs that are not so bad. They cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with a sword, famine and plague. And I will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth and an object of cursing and horror, of scorn and reproach among all the nations where I drive them. For they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord. Words that I have sent them again and again by my servants, the prophets. And you exiles have not listened either, declares the Lord. Father, that's a very salutary passage of scripture. It's about listening and obeying the word of the Lord. And I pray, Father, with your grace, that, Father, our hearts would be open to say, Lord, please change me. Please, Lord, do something in my life today. That I may hunger and thirst after you. That you might be the fulfilment of my every, every need. Father, send your Holy Spirit now. In Jesus' name, Amen. I think there's a time when, I remember, I've said this before, but when I was uh, with my my young son, he could have only been 12, and uh, he knew and loved the Lord, and uh, there'd been some issue, and I'd not reacted well about this issue, and uh, we were in the car together, and he says, Dad, I said, yeah, he said, Dad, why is it you're not the same person you used to be? And I was absolutely struck by this. Absolutely not. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I went to work and thought about it. And I thought, he's right. I'm not the person I used to be. Something had happened. In my heart that my 12-year-old son saw. And it's not only that, that we're not the people that we perhaps were, but even greater than that, that God's plan for us and what he hopes for us. Not what we've been, but what he wants us to be. Whether we're there, whether we've reached it, How can we know the plans God has for us? What are the plans? So that we can say that we set our hope in him. This is fundamental. So that we can be prepared. And unless we walk right, and I think that comes out of this passage of scripture, both in the blessing and the cursing, Unless we walk right, we will neither know nor fulfill God's plans. It's all about our walk. This is all about your walk with God, not about your destination. Your walk will take you to a destination. You'll never get to the destination without the walk. Amen? You're not convinced. You never get anywhere unless you go with an intent and you walk there. This is a journey with God, and we return to this several times. After this, he says, Then they will call upon me and come and pray to me. They will seek me and find me with all of their heart. I will be found by you, God says. This is God's master plan. This is God's master plan for you. That you would know him. That you would love him with all of your heart. And in doing that, amazing things would happen in your life. There are God's plan, but it's his way that is important. His plan is always that we would find him and he he found us but we know in a sense we found him and we would live in relationship with him and through that living in relationship with him amazing doors of opportunity would open that's true of my life it was never to be a pastor never to be a missionary never to be a prison chaplain but to walk with God. If you set your, 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 your sight on anything other than walking with God, you're likely not to get to the place where God wants you to be. It's a narrow way. It's a way of grace and justice, humility and love. It's not just a single encounter with God. That's the biggest fallacy out that you meet with God and that's that's it. You don't. You walk you meet with God to walk with God. You meet with God to love God. You meet with God that He might change you into the likeness of His Son. This is a journey, it's a personal journey. Uniquely with God. In the early 70s, when I, that was when I was saved. Uh, Carol would know it, there used to be this chorus, the, the king and I walk down life's road together. And it's so wonderful because you've got the king walking with someone who's not worthy of being saved, but journeys with you as you journey with him. And the key is to seek God with all of your heart. Love God and his son above all other. And this is not rocket science. This is nothing new. It's our first love is Jesus, not his church. Our love is him. It's sad that things, for some of us this morning, have, have lost that love in Jesus. You 've lost the love that you once had in jesus it 's not the same amid the process of church that's why when, when Jesus was about to be ascended and go back to the father, he was on Simon Peter 's case, and it wasn 't about what he'd learned it 's not what about he saw. It was, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And that, that word resounds through the, the centuries, the millennia to here. And Jesus would say, do you love me? Do you love me? Then follow me. This is God's master plan. <laughs> this is the plan he has for you. I remember, again, sort of. I think it was in the, in the 90s when Tommy Tinney, some of you would know, he, he wrote a, a book called God Chasers. If you've never read it, find it. It was about people that, 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 that actually pursue God. Pursue him. Except not wanting him to be my bag man and answering all the prayers that I offer him. But I pursue him I, as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after him. I long for his presence. And that's one of the reasons I come to church. Because he, it's not alone. You find him in, in, in your quiet place. But you find him in a special way amongst his people. Pursuing God. Pursue is to follow with a passion. Moses, Joshua, David, Solomon, they all did that. They weren't perfect, but they were God pursuers. Psalm 42 that we read. It's a soul longing after you. And Paul towards the end of his life, he's saying, I want to know Christ. Forget all the rest. This is what I want to do. I'm still pursuing him. I'm still wanting him. The t-shirt of salvation isn't enough. I want to walk with God. Now this year I've moved into a, 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 another another decade and I want to be as passionate for God as I've ever been. Matthew 6.33, again, as a, as a, I was just saved and someone gave me this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom, his sovereign reign. And his righteousness, and seek to live righteously. Every one of you, you've come with challenges in your life. You have the choice to act righteously in it. And God will bless you. Even though it may be the, the hardest, the hardest decision to make. It turns religion into Love. You don't do religion. The centre of our faith is love. It's not an organisation. It's not methods. It's not programmes. It's not dogma. It's not even theology. All are important. I do not love a doctrine. I love a saviour. I love a coming king. I love the one who loves my soul more than I could ever imagine. I love the one who's poured so much grace into my rotten life that I owe him everything. I love the one who I can't live without, who I'm kept by his power. I love the one who with doctrine attempts to define but fails because he's greater. He's more wonderful than my mind can even begin to, prompt it to to understand. And the plan is not complicated. It's so simple, it's just God. When God allocated the land to the twelve tribes, 11 tribes got some land. Levi didn't get any land. He said to the tribe of Levi, I am thy part, thine inheritance. You don't need land, you've got me. You have me. Not God and money, not God and a good job, not God and 2.4 children. Not to place pleasures and family and self above God. They've all got their place. But just God, let Him deal with the rest. Let Him deal with the challenges in my life, which are many. Now hold the hand of the One who, by His Word, created this world. What other hand could I ever want? What other hand could give me? Now, we're, we're in it. This this land has been has been shaken by recent events and maybe the outcome of the election wasn't what anyone was anticipating. I thank people that came to pray and many that have prayed in this nation about this general election. But could the outcome be the way God wanted it? As tough as that might seem? Do we end up with a government that has to listen and to work for unity rather than just to plow on like an icebreaker? As we seek, we live in the fullness of all God adds to our lives. I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Stop worrying. Stop it. That's what the word says. Don't be anxious. Stop it. You put your trust in him. You can say, well, that's too easy. Well, that's the way it is. I can't make it not easy. God opens doors. Prayer is about making God our treasure. Peace has been robbed from our hearts. Peace, goodwill to all men. And things take over. Slowly. My my son could see all those years ago that Ian, you're not the same because something has taken the place. He didn't say in these words where God should be. You can become covetous. All of a sudden, in your language, me, mine, I, my, become taking a, a prevalent place. How I feel. My wishes, my desires. Matthew 16. three Jesus was predicting his death and Peter had said no, no Lord you can't do that and Jesus turned and said to Peter get behind me Satan you are a stumbling block to me you do not have in mind the things of God but the things of men so he hadn't hadn't quite understood. And then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will save it. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world? yet forfeits his soul. First he talks about getting behind in Satan, the thoughts in Peter's mind and not the ones that Jesus has Then he speaks about what it is to follow and the need to deny myself. And that I have to lose my life to find my real life. I don't want my old life. I haven't yet attained all God has for me and I I, I doubt whether many of us have. But I need to lose my self-life. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those that are bankrupt, those who who are actually washed up, in a sense. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven when I put my full weight upon him. And I want to close just thinking of this surrendered life. And just for a moment, take a little journey with Abraham up Mount Moriah. To Abraham, Isaac represented everything that was sacred. It was all he was this son whom God had given him late in life, was all his longing was in Isaac. Isaac was the fulfil of every promise from God. All his hope was in this seed, this son. And yet that relationship had to be subservient to Abraham's relationship with God. said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. God knew all about it. Sacrificed him as a burnt offering in Genesis 22. It says, early the next morning, no argument, he got up and saddled his donkey with firewood and his son. This you cannot believe. This becomes incredulous that a man could do this. The torment, everything that was raging in his heart. No wonder Abraham became the father of faith. And in Hebrews said, if, if God took Isaac's life, Abraham believed that God would resurrect him but he was going to stay obedient to God. Only then the blessing, the amazing blessing that you read in the latter part of Genesis 22 could be fulfilled. He had to be wholly surrendered, wholly obedient. That was why he was a friend of God. Isaac was not to be the centre of his life. He could have been. But God was to be the centre of Abraham's life. Right to his death. Not on the margins, but in the centre. How central is he to you? Where is he? Was he? At one time And he's moved a bit out to the periphery as God has blessed you with family and friends, a job, money, responsibilities, church even. He learned he needed to possess nothing but God. And Abraham was broken. Isaac was God's, not his. He needed to understand that all that you've got is God's, not yours. Everything. He owned nothing but that which God shared with him. What prevents this faith walk? Clinging on to things. God asked you for your treasure this morning. You said, well, what's my treasure? That's a bit sensitive, my treasure. It's where your your treasure is, where your heart is. He wants that place. He wants to be your treasure. That's his plan. That is his master plan for you. That he would be your treasure. And everything else is secondary to that. then you, his plans are for you to succeed and not fail. And the decision is, is it, is it in my strength? Is it in his strength? Is this full surrender? Is it? Are you willing to take that bold, bold step? And you say, well, I did that at the moment, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I don't question that. I mean, today, today is the day of salvation. That's what it means. We're saved but being saved. We're saved from all the things that have taken that place. The church is a a group of people that are God lovers. They worship him with all their heart. That their lives are so dead in a sense that they prefer their brethren and love the brethren and sacrifice to the brethren. Not all the ouches of, oh, I didn't like that. (laughs) Didn't say hello to me this morning. Hmm? No. And that's why, getting back to John 21, when he started this discourse with Peter, Jesus, It's like, Peter, I want to talk to you. Hmm? Yeah, what what do you want to say? I'm I'm here with you. He turns and whether he's looking at boats or he's looking at other disciples. He says, Peter, do you love me more than all of these? All the, the, maybe the shipping vessels and things that he was thinking of going back to work as a fisherman. or Do you love me more than the disciples because I'm going? He says the same to me this morning. Do you love me more than all of these? Do you? That's his plan. And we have a decision to make. Will we? Perhaps the musicians could could come just as I, I pray. Isn't this good? Is it good? Is it good? That this is God it is good. He's not asking me to climb Mount Everest. He's asked me to love the son who gave his life for my sins. That must be good. That must be good. To lose some of my life, lose all my life. And say, I give my life. I don't give that religious bit of me. I give my life to Jesus. And if someone says to me, who are you, Ian? Well, I'm a man who's 70. I'm a white Caucasian. I'm a, a British. I'm a Spurs supporter. Ah, oh, rubbish. No, I didn't mean that. I, no, I mean, none of that. Who are you, Ian? I'm a lover of Jesus. The Apostle John got that in his gospel. Who are you, John? I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Ha! he got the message. Peter didn't have the message, but he needed it. Father, I know that's the desire of of our hearts. But Father, something needs deposing from that centre place. And it's my self-life, Lord. It's the big I in me. Thank you that Paul knew what it was to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that liveth but Christ liveth in me and that's what we're asking Father we're asking for nothing short of that this amazing master plan of God that we would be those that would pursue you with all of our heart all with our mind, all with our soul all with our strength and we'd be God only people Not to the exclusion of the needs of this world because it will be the exact opposite. But Father, that we may become your heart, your hands, your feet, your mind. That we'd be bound together in such unity. And Father, you'd be so pleased that you'd rain your Holy Spirit down upon each and every one of us and baptize us new afresh. Father, may we do that. May we make be people of a good confession and say yes to, do you love my son? Do you love my son? What do we say? Yes. Would you say that? Just say yes. 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 Say yes. Do you love my son? Yes. Yes. And we want to follow him, Father. So help us to the end in Jesus' name. Amen.